So 2019 was a big year. And for some of you, you know, being the pastor is kind of like a blessing. And Well, it's all, it's a blessing. <laughs> I was about to say, and it's not, okay, it's not a curse. <laughs> but sometimes it's challenging because I know I know a lot of your lives, and I know what you go through, and I know when you have a good year, and I know when you have a bad year, and I know things that you struggle with. Those of you that open up, and then some of you, no one knows, and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, So I know as your pastor, for some of you, it may have been the worst year of your life. Like some of you have walked through some really hard things this year, and you're still walking through them. And I know for some of us, some of you, it was the best year of your life. Like 2019 was the absolute best year you've ever had in your whole entire life. I see people looking around like, who was it? <laughs> what me? No. So some of us had good years and some of us had bad years. And I don't know exactly what your year looked like. But I hope you found hope. I pray that you had joy because it's yours. I wonder if you helped anyone. I wonder if you helped the church. I wonder if you helped someone in need. I wonder if you helped each other. See, I know a lot of you did. I wonder if you helped someone who was struggling. If you helped somebody that was hurting. Maybe you helped somebody that was far from God come a little closer towards home I hope you got the satisfaction of, of seeing the precious in the pain I hope you got to see beauty in the unplanned just like the Christmas story I know some of you that had good years I know that you helped others of us that had bad years Earlier this year, as you saw in the video, we dealt a staggering blow to the evil that is sex trafficking with $42,293. That's, you know, that's the biggest financial gift that our seed that our church has been able to sow since I've been pastoring. That's the largest seed. That's awesome. And like, we did that. <laughs> no way I could do that. There's no way Joe could have done that. There's no way any one of you could have done that. I guarantee it. If you could, I'm going to need you to come up here afterwards and first show me your boxing skills and how you could have gotten the ring and won. And then I also would like you to go ahead and go ahead and write a $43,000 check and prove it. Let me see that. So see me afterwards if you could have done it by yourself wow but I know that there's no way any of us could have done that but because of gifts and working and some people sold tickets and some people trained and some people gave and people gave time and talent and money and treasures and used their platforms and all like so we did that that's a seed that we were able to sow. And we got two dubs, if you were wondering. That's the power of us. It's the power of community. Church, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. You come together and do things and you show a picture of God to the world and you do things that one could never do on their own. That's what church is supposed to be. That's what community is supposed to look like. We pulled off camps and tournaments, services and parties. We've seen lives touched and healed. We've had babies. We've started ministries. We've brought life to men struggling with addiction. We've prayed and worshiped and hugged and cried and laughed and gave and grown. I mean, we did Bible studies and book studies and movie nights. We fed people that were hungry. We played ball. 
We did life together. We, we did more than any one of us could do on our own. That's the power of unity. It's the power of community. That's the body of Christ. What else happened in 2019? Oh, all kind of stuff. So in case you missed it or you forgot, I wrote down some of the things that happened in 2019. We'll call it 2019 Highlights to help you remember all the crazy things that happened in our country in the last year. This should be fun. First of all, anybody know what the number one Google search was in 2019? More people searched this than anything else in the whole year of 2019. You know what it was? Disney Plus. I'm pretty sure that came out in like November, didn't it? And it got more searches than anything else. That was the number one searched thing on Google. Well, I guess it could have been a lot worse things than that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Disney Plus. Other top searches, Google reports, was the Notre Dame fire. Or the Area 51 raid. Remember that? <laughs> that was in 2019. Two million people RSVP'd and two showed up. <laughs> and we, or y'all, still don't know what's in there. <laughs> Area 51 raid. Some people gave their lives fighting for freedom. Our president became the third U.S. president to be impeached. And over half of America was surprised that he's still our president. Didn't really know how that worked. I think it was a lot over half, but that was the report said over half. All right. Colin Kaepernick held a workout and invited all 32 NFL teams and still doesn't have a job. Sorry, Colin. Some bad things happened, like the Patriots won the Super Bowl. I mean, there was, there's bad things in every year. But God says, I will turn your sorrow into rejoicing. And last night in the first round of the playoffs, if in case you missed it, Patriots got beat. So, God's at work. <laughs> God says, I will turn your sorrow into rejoicing. And not only did they get put out in the first round, the wild card round, but they ended the game with Tom Brady throwing a pick six. Thank you, Father. Could it get any better? I'm sorry if there's any Patriot fans in the room. <laughs> forget about what I'm saying. In fact, let's read a scripture to get back on track. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Man, God, I asked that the Patriots was lose last night, but this was exceedingly, abundantly, above for Tom Brady to throw a pick six to end the game. That's what God can do. <laughs> and for that, we will remember the Titans. Wow. <laughs> the Titans are who beat them, if you didn't know. <clears throat> All right, let's get off that. Someone had a signed copy of the Bible for sale. I can't figure out how that even happens. Like, how, who signed it? I don't. Okay. There were things like the Texas shooting that made us stop and think. And Old Town Road was the number one song. A beautiful blend of country and rap. <laughs> this is your year. This is your country. 
Some people call it the year of the baby. Like Rachel. No, I'm just, just having saw her. And I was, some people call it the year of the baby. Baby shark. Came out in 2019, or became famous in 2019. Me and Jesse had 23 baby pigs this year, or in 2019. The royal baby was born. Kanye and Kim had their fourth. And y'all wonder why he just found Jesus. You have four kids and see if you don't find Jesus. <laughs> Speaking of that, Kanye West became our brother and uh, proclaimed that Jesus is king and put out a Christian album. And was the second highest paid musician or singer of the year. Beat only by none other than Taylor Swift. <laughs> a lot of y'all got pregnant. A lot of y'all had babies. A lot of you are still pregnant. And this was the year... I've mentioned several different babies, but this was the year of the cutest baby ever born. Y'all, a lot of y'all probably know who I'm talking about. I know Dylan knows who I'm talking about. Baby Yoda. Oh, y'all thought I was talking about Ezra. No, Ezra's cute. He's my nephew, and I know they're, they're proud of him, but did y'all see Baby Yoda? So cute. Reminds me of one of my nephews. Never mind. <laughs> See, I believe God wants to birth some things in 2020. And you say, God, give me vision. God, let me see it. And God says it's going to take some intimacy. You see, you can't birth something unless you are pregnant. It's going to take some intimacy. He says, God, give me a vision. God, let me see it come to pass. And God says, it's going to take some intimacy. See, I need you to become one with my spirit. If you want to birth what I have for you in 2020, if you want clear vision, if you want to have the baby, birth the dream, see the purpose. I need you to get close, God says. I believe that God wants to birth some things in us in 2020. It could be the best year of your life. I'm talking to everybody in this room, including me. Like this could be the best year of your life. I promise you. It's the start of a new decade. We close that chapter and we've started a new decade. It could be the best year. It could be the start of the best decade of your life. Every person in this room. But you need to be sharp. You need to be effective. You need to be focused. Or it won't be. Like it's up to you. You can keep on going. Do what you do. Or you can make some decisions that will affect the rest of your life. And this year. Tomorrow. I heard a story of uh, a long time ago before they had machines to do all the hard work. There was the story of the, the woodcutters. And they hired this young guy that was just bragging and talking so much junk that he was young and muscular and he was in his 20s and he, he said he could chop more trees than anybody could chop and that these men were all old and every day he was, said he was chopping more trees. And he said, I'll make a standing bet. No one can outcut me in a day's time. Nobody can chop down more trees than me. The one older man that had been working there for years and he was up in his 50s, seasoned. He said, I'll take your bet. You're going to regret it. No. <laughs> Wrong thing. All right. 
He said, I'll take that bet. The dude shook his hand, the young guy, and he said, you're about to get whooped. I'll see you out here tomorrow at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. comes, and the young guy's got his axe, and he's ready to go, and he's pumped up, and he, he, he's just ready. Old man walks up, and he's holding his axe in his hand, and he's got a water jug with him and stuff, and a little bag with him, and the young dude's like, Psh, I don't carry a bunch of stuff along with you. Man, I'm about to smoke you. They said, Go. Young dude starts chopping as fast as he could, and they were just going through this pine tree thicket. He said, you stay on that side, I stay on this side. At the end of the day, we're going to count how many trees I got on the ground and how many trees you got on the ground. Whoever's got the most trees wins the bet. Young dude's just chopping and chopping and chopping. And, and every once in a while, he'll look back, and he'll look across the trees there, across the plain, and he'll notice the old man sitting down on a stump, drinking out of his water bottle. And he's like, man, I got this dude. I ain't even took a break all day. And he just keeps chopping and chopping. He's like, I'll skip lunch. I don't need lunch. I don't need a break. I'll push through. And he pushes through, and he almost completely dehydrates himself. And by the end of the day, he can barely walk, and he's feeling kind of dizzy because he hadn't been taking breaks and drinking, hadn't eaten anything since that morning. And they get done, and he's like, I know I won. I know I won. And they all come out. Now everybody's interested and they've all been watching. And they come out and they count the trees. And the young guy had 25 trees on the ground. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty. Oh, yeah. They go count the old man's trees. The old man had 35 trees on the ground. And so the young guy just freaks out. No way. That's right. No way. He beat me. He's a cheater. Somebody else was over there. And they said, no. Nobody else was over there. There's no way he got, he got 10 more trees than me because I looked over there multiple times and saw him sitting down. You were sitting down on a stump. Don't you deny it. The old man said, I'm going to deny it. You're dang right I was sitting on a stump. Probably about 10 times. Catch my breath. Stay hydrated. Ate me a little bit of food for some strength. And then I spent about 15 minutes sharpening my axe. See, the young man worked way harder. The old man chopped down a lot more trees because he was working with a sharp axe. Because he took time to recharge his batteries, to refill, to pour into himself and sharpen the tool that he was given. They had the same tool. And so what? He was more effective. He was work smarter, not harder. You heard of that? He was more effective. Man, I've been that young guy in life and in different situations and in different stuff, and you feel like I'm pushing as hard as I can. I can't push any harder. There's no way I could do more. I'm so overwhelmed. I can't. Man, I ain't even stopped to take a drink, yet that's the problem. You're not pouring into yourself. You're not building up your spirit, man. You're not building up your soul. If your soul's not healthy, you can push and push and push as hard as you want, and you're not effective. You're not going to do what you could do. And you feel like you don't have time for devotion. I don't have time for worship. Man, I don't have the extra money to give in the offering. I don't have, I don't have it. But that's what's keeping you from being as effective as you could be. That's what's keeping you from being sharp. Remember in Proverbs, it tells us that even as iron sharpens iron, so does the countenance of one man sharpen another. That's why we're in relationship with each other. Iron sharpens iron. Ever tried to sharpen an axe with a wood block? It don't work too good. Not good at all. Iron sharpens iron. Look at Ecclesiastes 10. I'll read it to you in the Message Bible. Ecclesiastes 10, we'll read 10 and 11. Remember, the duller the axe, the harder the work. Use your head. The more brains, the less muscle. Now, y'all can't use that for an excuse because I know some of y'all know. Why you look so weak? You got a lot of brains in here. Come on. The duller the axe, the harder the work. 
man, my life's so hard. I don't know why life's so hard on me. Maybe you need to take some time to sharpen your axe. Maybe you need to recharge, refill. In 2020, let's be effective. Let's take time to refill or recharge. It's not a one-time thing. You know, when you get a drink, like at a restaurant or something, you get a refill. Right? You want refills. Well, how much are you going to drink? Depends on how thirsty you are. Well, how many times do I need to refill myself in 2020? Depends on how thirsty you are. It's like when I'm working with my, when I'm working with Malachi's cordless drill that I steal from him, because he's got a nicer one than me. <laughs> when I'm working with that drill, how many times do I have to charge the battery? Well, if I'm not doing any work, hardly ever. Man, that thing will last for weeks if you're not using it. But if I'm using it nonstop, I might have to charge it multiple times in one day. Depends on how much you're using it. How much do I need to recharge? How much do I need to refill my batteries? How much do I need to find a quiet time? How much do I need to go to God to get what I need to be sharp, to be effective? The more you're working, the more you're doing, the more you need to recharge. Just like the drill battery. The more you got to run to Him. It's not a one and done. Salvation is not a one-time deal. It's an ongoing relationship. You start a conversation with God and you keep, it just goes on until you die. And then it goes on forever. Salvation is ongoing. So is the refilling, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit that we read about in Acts. It's a daily, the filling Paul talks about. Being filled. Oh, we didn't read the verse 11. If the snake bites before it's been charmed, what's the point in sending for the charmer? What's he saying? Quit making dumb decisions and then trying to fix it. Just learn from your mistakes. And call the charmer before you get bit this year. Right? It, it seems simple but it's good advice call the charmer before you get bit and that, that word charmer was a Hebrew word it means lawyer just kidding <laughs> it doesn't just making sure y'all are paying attention <laughs> so I've got a 2020 challenge for you and I'm about to present you with this challenge Right, and I think this is kind of cool because, like, this is my message that I'm preaching to you, and I feel like God gave it to me for this house. But this challenge that I'm about to give you, this challenge, um, someone challenged me with it earlier this week, Pastor Bruce. And there's a group of four of us pastors that are in relationship, and we speak into each other's lives and stuff. And it's, it's Pastor Bruce, Jeff. Tim Langston and me and so Bruce sent it out and he was like here's the challenge that I'm offering to City of Refuge I'm offering to my people at the mission and I feel like um, if you guys feel led to offer it to your people go for it and he said but listen if you're not going to do it yourself don't offer it to your people if you're not willing to commit to the challenge don't offer it to somebody else so I don't think Tim Langston's offering the challenge today, but I think the other three of us are. <laughs> or maybe he was just being a smart aleck. But uh, I'm going to offer you the challenge. And, and the reason I tell you that is because it's a great challenge, and I could have just said it like I made up the challenge or got. But I think for me, it's really cool to know that, that we're connected to a much bigger body than just us and it's kind of cool to know that you know there's going to be a group of them doing this challenge 
committing from now for the rest of this year, for 2020. It's the 2020 challenge. 2020 and 2020. Okay? 2020, 20 in 2020. So I'm going to challenge you guys. And I told Jesse about it, about the challenge as I was praying about it and thinking about it and deciding if I was willing to do it. Um, and I told Jesse about it. And I told her that I believe, I truly believe that if every person in our church did this challenge faithfully and did it for the rest of the year, that there would be no power on the earth, no power in the earth, under the earth, like Paul said about love, what can separate us from the love of God. There would be absolutely no force and no power that could stop us from changing the world if we all did it. We would grow so much spiritually and physically and in unity, nothing could stop us. But statistics show that three or four of us will. But not us. We'll beat the odds. I believe. So what's the challenge? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> 2020-20. It's one hour a day you're, you're committing. One hour a day to becoming the best you that you can be. To being the best you can be. It's one hour to draw near to God. To get close. To stop the distractions. It's one hour to sharpen the axe of your life. 60 minutes. But it can be broke up. That's why it's 20-20-20. Because it's three different challenges, so it's minimum of 20 minutes if you take the challenge. It's 20-20-20. So it's going to be 20 minutes each. So you can knock them all out in one hour straight and just do one right after the other. Or you can get up and do, you know, 20 minutes in the morning, and then when you come home from work, you can do the other 40 minutes. However you want to break it up is fine. But if you take the challenge you're committing to do, a minimum of one hour a day, 20 minutes on each of these three. Three things. Number one, minimum of 20 minutes a day in focused scripture reading, devotion, or prayer. 20 minutes. That's not that much. It takes me 20 minutes to read one chapter. <laughs> but um, I think one of the key words there is focused it's focusing in it's 20 minutes of getting in the word or devotion or prayer just 20 minutes to set aside distractions and say I will give a minimum every single day of this year to be either reading my Bible or focused in prayer that or in a devotion 20 minutes a day minimum crazy thing is I know if you commit to this by the end of the year, it ain't going to be 20 minutes. But hey, I'll just let God trick you on that. You just commit to do 20. I promise you, what you're going to do is form patterns. You're going to form these habits and these patterns of setting aside time or making it happen no matter what, of not getting too busy to stop and sharpen your axe. Because you've committed to the challenge and once you see how effective it is and you start tasting life, you're going to spend more than 20. You're going to get in the middle of something and realize it's been 40. But 20. 20 minutes. I'm going to give you two scriptures for that one. Joshua 1. Remember Joshua 1 when, when Joshua was having to take over from Moses Joshua 1, verse 8. This book of the law was their Bible. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. That was the instructions to God, to the children of Israel. Then you'll have good success. If you what? Meditate day and night on this book of the law. Hear what God's trying to say through it. I just don't feel successful. Try this challenge. Psalm 141. Psalm 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. And David was talking about they used to burn incense in the temple for God, a good, a sweet smell to God, so that God didn't smell the flesh and the that he would smell the sweet smelling incense and worship a prayer that would constantly be rising up to God. Let my prayer be set before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. All right, that was number one. Number two, minimum of 20 minutes a day of intentional worship or service to others. Ministry. Serving somebody other than yourself. Whatever that looks like. We're all called to different ministry. But at least 20 minutes a day helping somebody else. You get to be led by the Spirit and decide what that looks like. And for some of y'all, that's going to be feeding somebody that's hungry. And for some of you, it's going to be going and picking up a kid that doesn't have a dad and taking them to the park for a little while and for some of you it's going to be making a phone call to somebody that needs some encouragement and but minister to somebody other than yourself ministering to somebody worship so minimum of 20 minutes of intentional worship or service to others. Remember in John 4, 20, where uh, the Samaritan woman comes to the well and she's carrying her water pot and, and her and Jesus get in this big conversation about worship and what true worship is. And um, John 4, verse 20, she said, Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her. See, she was getting hung up on traditions. And she was hung up on what it was supposed to be. And where you were supposed to be. And how you were supposed to face. And what you were supposed to do. And how, what worship was supposed to look like. And Jesus said unto her, her. Woman. Woman. Believe me. The hour cometh. When ye shall neither in this mountain, nor yet at Jerusalem, worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true, worship, true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. Notice the word spirit there is spelled with a big S. It's God's spirit. It's God. The Holy Spirit is God. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him, talking about true worship, must. You must. It's not a should, could. They must worship Him in spirit, with the little s, and in truth. It's not about a place. When we pour out what we have, and God meets us, 
with his spirit. See, when we do the natural, then God can do the super. When we obey and take the steps, as ridiculous as it may seem in the moment, when God comes through, when we feel like we've got more trees to chop than we can possibly chop, but yet we're going to stop and sit down and take a drink of water and sharpen our axe? Man, when I got more work than I can possibly get done, I'm going to come up to the church and take communion and work on relationships? Psh, I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Right? Like, no. I'm going to sharpen my axe so that I can be effective. Intentional worship. One more scripture for that one, and then we got the last one, and we're done. First Peter 4. Some good instructions right here. First Peter 4, verse 7. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you passing them around so all get in on it. Are you the kind of person that blessings flow to or that blessings flow through? When God blesses you, do you bless other people or do you find a way or is it just gobbled up by you? Swallowed up? If, if words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. Incurs to the end of time, oh yes. Help people. Serve people. Love people. Number three, last one. Last one on the challenge. Commit to do 20 minutes, a minimum of 20 minutes a day in intense physical workout. Can be lifting, cardio. For some of you, intense physical workout is going to be a good swift walk against the wind. And that's okay. Just to hope you got a lot of brains. Because remember we said, you can make up for not having much muscle with, with brains. I know that looks different for everybody, depending on where you're at. On the spectrum and what you can do. And I, I think it gets overlooked a lot. Because even in that list, you know, I know some of you, when I just read that third one, you're like, what? Man, I thought we were talking about the spirit. Man, I thought we were talking about getting stronger in the spirit. But guess what? It's all connected. You let one area of your life be out of control or gone. It's all connected. And I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture that tells that. If you want to be healthy, it goes through all areas. There are so many problems, physical problems, health problems, mental illness, problems, all, so many problems tied to your health and the things that you put into your body and just the fact that you don't exercise. If everybody in here got on a good exercise program and started drinking about a gallon of water a day, it clear up 80% of your problems. And I, made it, I made that number up, okay? So don't go looking for that on Google because it's probably not going <laughs> to come up, okay? I did make that up, but I'm trying to prove a point. <laughs> It would solve so many problems, like just physically, the good that it does for you. And I know from personal experience, and you can tell by looking at me, I'm not, 
I haven't been all over that one lately. <laughs> we'll say it that way. I'm up about 50 pounds from April or more. <laughs> so, but I know the effects that it has on your brain. I know the effects that it has on your body. And for all of us, it looks different, but I know that, you know, for some of us, and, and I'm not just talking about being overweight, right? There's skinny people that are bad out of shape, putting all kind of junk in their body. So I'm not just talking about being overweight. I'm talking about taking some time to be healthy. Taking a minimum of, what's 20 minutes? It's 20 minutes a day. Clear your mind. Physically get yourself in a, in a better place. Set a goal. It's a challenge. Third John 1, 2. I was going to read the scripture about how your body is a temple. But decided not to. Third John 1 verse 2. Beloved, this is John. This old man John. John, it, it's the same John that was Jesus' disciple, that walked around with Jesus, that was best friends with Jesus, that arguably was Jesus' closest relationship on earth, besides like his mother and a couple of others. But John's the one that, you know, we see him in the Gospels laying on Jesus' chest. And to think of it, Jesus might have been annoyed with the dude, but anyways, he was one of Jesus' closest relationships. And this is later on in life after the crucifixion when John's like, they believe probably in his 80s to 90s on the Isle of Patmos and he's writing these, these books. Look what John says. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. That's, that's talking about physically that you would be healthy even as your soul or your spirit prospers. I hope that you will have good health, that you will prosper. Why? So that you can do what you're called to do. You can be what you're called to be. You won't spend so much time being broke down, hurting and ailing and that you can... You can get out there and play ball with the kids. You can do the work that God has for you to do. You, you can do it. So, so that's the challenge. And I think as a body, we want to hear God's voice. Right? We want to move on. We want to walk in purpose. We want to be what God's called us to be. We want to be sharp. We want to recharge our batteries. We, all this stuff that we've talked about, and it's awesome what we did last year. And I'm super proud of what we did last year, but I believe we can do even more if we commit. Like, oh, Lord, I felt like I did a lot last year. He's about to ask for more. No, I'm just asking you to do your part. Commit to do your part to be the best you because if you're the best you and I'm the best me and we're connected we're going to do a lot you do your part I do my part if you'll commit if you commit to the challenge your life will look a lot different by next year I promise you I promise you it will if you committed to that simple challenge one hour a day by 2021 Things will look different. I'll be able to look at you physically and tell a difference. A lot of you. But it's more than just physically. It'll be your spirit, your mind, your body. You'll be sharp. You'll hear his voice better. You'll, you'll have those patterns set up after about 21 days. You'll have habits formed. Of being focused in the Word and being intentional about serving other people and being in ministry. And by next year, you won't even look the same. Your life won't look the same. The people that you've touched, you don't realize if you spent 20 minutes a day ministering or helping somebody that needs help, 
by next year, you know how many people you'd have in your life from ready to jump when you said jump? Like, not that that's what it's about, but I'm saying how much different your life will look just for something as simple as that. An hour a day. We got to hear his voice. Some of us, it's real simple. We just need to get rid of distractions. I'm going to be doing some fasting this month. Right? And for what purpose? To get rid of distractions. Right? Just to refocus. It's a good thing to do. Fasting and praying and, and just refocusing. That can be your part of your challenge. Fast. Fast something. You don't have to go all in. Or you can. But pick one thing. Not something you don't like. I ain't going to eat no canned beets all year. That's what I'm going to fast. Well, good for you. How about Mountain Dews? I mean... <laughs> Pick something and focus. Why? Because we need to get rid of distractions so that we can hear His voice. God, give me perfect vision. It's 2020. I want a perfect vision. I want to see everything that you have for me to see. Give me vision. We need silence. God is saying what you need to hear. Make no doubt about it. Your father is speaking. You're his sons. You're his daughters. And he's not withholding information from you. He is speaking. You just may not be able to hear it. God is saying what you need to hear. He's saying what you need to hear today in this service. He's speaking to your soul. Will you get close? Will you focus? Will you listen to what he's saying? Remember in Matthew 11, remember what Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28? Are you tired? Anybody tired? You're worn out? You're burned out on religion? Anybody burned out on religion? Tired? Wore out? Been there. Come to me. Jesus said, come on. Come to me. Get close. Come here. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. What's he saying? Do everything you do with me. Come to me. Give, just give me a place. We get close. You got to go to work. Let me go with you. Come to me. Get away with me. Work with me. Walk with me. Watch how I do it. Let me do it through you. How am I going to watch how you do it? Let you do it through me, even if it's not what I feel like doing. Watch how I do it. Learning the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I want to live freely and lightly. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Sometimes we just got to be quiet. We got to draw near. We got to get close. Focus. To hear what he's saying. He's saying what you need to hear. But sometimes I think we're listening for God. And we hear him when he's a booming loud voice. Sometimes when the microphone goes off, the Father's still speaking. But what you need to do to hear Him is get up and come close. Remember the, the scripture that says, draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw near unto you. Well, how does God, who is omnipresent, that means He's everywhere, how does He draw near to anything? He's already there. And here. 
and there and up and down and under and in different realms. And if he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. How could he draw near to anything? He's already near to everything. Let's pray. No. Sometimes your father turns off the microphone. He stops screaming and he cuts off the neon signs. Remember the voice of the Lord is like a still small whisper. Why? Because he's mean. Because he doesn't want me to have a prosperous, successful life. God turned his back on me. He used to be there and speaking loud and clear. And then all of a sudden... The mic went off, and all of a sudden I don't hear him. No, he's not mad at you. He wants you to come close. He wants you to get up off your butt like Titus just did. And there might be a couple of obstacles in your way. You might have some stairs to climb. There might be a mountain in front of you that you have to climb and get over. Like I'm going to cut back to only 17 Mountain Dews tomorrow. That'll be my fast so that I can hear your voice and that's a mountain. Right? But he wants you to get up and come close to him. It is not because he's mean or he doesn't want you to hear what he's saying. Sometimes he whispers. Because he wants a relationship. He wants you to come close. How could 2020 be any better than getting closer to and looking more like dad? Let's pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you for all that you're doing. God, as we look back on last year, we... We laugh about some things and we cry about some things and we remember some things that we've forgotten. God, I'm proud of us. Proud of things that we were able to accomplish and the steps toward purpose that we were able to take as a body, as a community, as a family, as a church. We, we're closer. We look more like you. So God, we commit to keep taking steps. We're going to keep obeying. We want to live freely and lightly. Thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for forgiving us that you already died and paid the price and forgave us for anything we've ever done or ever will do. So we don't have to get hung up on that. We're free to run towards you. We're free to hear the voice of our Father. God, give us wisdom. Give us strength to take a break and sit down and recharge our batteries and sharpen our axes so that we can be more effective this year than ever before. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.